Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Keith Malley and Hemda Khalili began podcasting out of their apartment in Queens in March of 2005, three months before Apple recognized podcasting officially on iTunes. Keith and the Girl quickly became one of the most popular podcasts, and by 2011, they'd launch a VIP service that garnered some 50,000 paid subscribers, who pay monthly or annually for access to 10 additional podcasts and bonus content. They've written two books together, 2010's What Do We Do Now? Keith and the Girl's Smart Answers to Your Stupid Relationship Questions, and The Ultimate Podcasting Guide in 2014. They're still at it, broadcasting several times a week, and they caught me up on everything in honor of their 14th anniversary as a podcast. So let's get to it! Keith and the Girl, it's been six years since I sat down with the two Yeah! What the hell? And you're still uh, recording podcasts. We don't mind. Happy anniversary. Thank, Thank you. you. No, he was talking to me. Oh. 14 years together. Yep. Oh, making, together, right. That's making right. Keith and the Girl. <laughs> Where has the time gone? I don't know, but he still won't let me have my name in the title. It's very odd. <laughs> Do you... Is is this anything close to what you imagined your life would be like 14 years ago? Yeah, this is totally what our guidance counselor told us would happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. We knew we knew we were taking it seriously, but we didn't know what it'd be. And we didn't even think we'd be doing it so many years, but at the same time knew we'd take it seriously when we started. Well, Keith, Keith does this thing. Like, you did it when you were a kid, right? Um he would make a, a tape of him mm-hmm. DJing on the radio. Like, coming up next is this I'd song. I'd interview coming. my family, yeah. Yeah, and so he put that together, and then um, he worked at the radio station in his home for like half a minute. Um, so to me, it made sense that he would do this. He was in comedy. Um, he talked too much. Right. Uh, he was too open about his life. Everything taboo was on the table, and so it made sense. I don't... The reason why it's called And the Girl is because I was like, I don't know that this is my life. You know, <laughs> you weren't ready to commit. I wasn't, but oh my God, do I have a big mouth now. <laughs> it's so great. Right. But, but between not knowing if she wanted to commit mm-hmm. and people not pronouncing her name Hemda, Hemda. Uh, it was her idea. And sometimes we get it that feminist easier. backlash, mm. but it's, it worked out in general. But in, those feminists. But in March of 2005... Were you thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be perhaps the rest of our lives? No, we're going to own. No. We're going to own a home studio. Ha. We're going <laughs> to. No, we. Well, I was just doing it to support. He was my boyfriend at the mm-hmm. time. I'm just like, yeah, you could bounce ideas off me. I might just, you know, respond to you. I thought we were doing it as like, um, here's another way you could find Keith's comedy. Like mm. here's, because he was doing really well on the internet. We were calling it the internet back then. No one was working on the internet, but he was doing really well with his unofficial blog, his, mm-hmm. his, uh, self-published book. It, it was all like a lot of traffic was going to him. So I thought it made sense. Like you're writing in your voice. Let's speak okay. also. Well, let's, let's go back. No, no. <laughs> I was, in the first months of 2005, I was starting a new job as a reporter at the Boston Herald. And Congrats. what were the two of you doing at I, the very beginning of 2005? I was doing kids' parties. Okay. I was um, like Pocahontas, Power mm-hmm. Ranger, Clown. I ran games. All over the city, all over the tri-state? Tri-state. Um, 
Independently when, or with a company? With a bunch of companies. At okay. first with one company and then uh, I freelanced it and I had a bunch of agents and they just sent me out and um uh, I did I did, you know, regular house parties mm-hmm. and then also, you know, went to like Diana Ross's kids party and it was it was such a range. I loved it. She did it. kitty magic, face painting, balloons, yeah. sometimes uh costumes. Do you still have all the, the equipment? From I have that? some of it. I have not been able to let go of my magic. I <laughs> I plan one day on on four twenty to bring out my stupid kitty magic, get okay. everybody high, and just oh. have a blast. I did it for my friends at two a.m. one time. Mm-hmm. We were just stoned out of our mind. I was like, you know, I know how to do magic. I just did it. You you should see high people watching magic. It's beautiful. Hey, you want to hear a story, Sean? Yeah. She killed a dove once. No, don't say. <laughs> she that. had that pan. <laughs> That you put whatever you want, marbles, you know. You that close was just it. magic. Yeah, yeah. You, you close it, but the but the lid holds onto the pan, mm-hmm. and so there's a pan underneath, and then it's whatever you want. And she mm-hmm. had a dove, and the hot summer sun killed the dove. Well, I mean, that's because I'm a witch. Just beware. <laughs> but the kids are like, are, is, that, is the dove dead? Like, no, never mind. Next trick. <laughs> no, I have another thing. That, and I had to, like, misdirect somehow. Right. But it's not hard to trick sometimes because kids are so dumb. I would do this trick. Yeah, but I was the worst. I would just be like, uh, n- no. <laughs> My trick just ends halfway. Yeah. I did a trick where you you had that change bag. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Once I started okay. meeting and hanging out with Keith, I'm like, want to make some money? Just come on these yeah. jobs with me. And you put in three scarves, red scarf, white scarf, blue scarf, and then you switch it when they don't look, and you pull out the American flag. But to make it drag on, you pulled out the flag all messed up, all different colors, blue stars, that kind of thing. And so I'd pull that out and go, ta-da, and they'd say, no, that's not right, pull out the right flag. But part of me was like, no, it's still amazing. I just think, <laughs> so what? <laughs> that was still a good I trick. I still put, yeah, you're not pleased all day when it's the right flag, it blows your mind. Mm, yeah, but. we had to get Keith out of that business. He was yelling at the kids. Uh-huh. This is amazing. This is still amazing. Was that a sustainable career? For me, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was doing it for when I quit, like 12, 13 years. Okay. Um, was that, there How much overlap was there between that and this? I don't, and Keith and the girl? Maybe a year. Okay. But you can... Doing kids parties was really good for an artist. We could make up our own schedules. And I worked so much and I did really well. Uh, I was making $100 an hour nice. per job. I mean, not counting like driving there and right. whatever, but yeah, it was good. It was hard to give up because it was, I could make all of my money on the weekend and now maybe make money in podcasting that no one's ever heard of and nobody understands what I do. Yeah, it was yeah. a scary time to go from, all right, we do want this to be a job. But we do have to get rid of her all okay, so, That was the scary so part. So, Keith, what were you doing aside from blogging? Either, either I was Hemda either, a, if I wasn't a waiter, I was joining Hemda on parties. Okay. Whenever she can get me in, yeah. And what was the self-published book that you had, the first one? Uh, the Great American Novel. It I started writing it, I think, soon after the Army. And Can you believe he was in the Army? People say that, but what why do you, not? Yeah, what do you do? Why what not? do they think I'm doing? Making he's a jokes? Terrible back? human being. You just, That's why not. you just stand there. They tell you to stand there. You stand there. They tell you to do push-ups. You right. do push-ups. What do they think? They tell I'm you doing? to kill the enemy. You kill the enemy. Right, right. right. <laughs> That's true. I can see him doing that. I'm not uh, interviewing <laughs> the enemy. <laughs> but when did you start it, Al Qaeda? <laughs> how, how long were you in the armed forces? Uh, just two years. Okay. I didn't go anywhere. Oh, but yeah. And then, so you get you get out and you. Decide your real passion is writing. And then I, let's see, so I'm, I'm from a small town. I knew I wanted to get out of there. I didn't know if I wanted to move to New York or L.A. I think I saw one movie about New York more than L.A. <laughs> mm. So I'm like, all right, New York. And then I moved Wait, to New York from? in 96. Uh, Somerset, Pennsylvania, the okay. country. Definitely the country. I would get, and I still don't appreciate it like the way I should, the way people 
take vacations. I get reverse claustrophobia. I don't know why people aren't in my way. <laughs> mm-hmm. When they ask you how you're doing, they mean it like a weirdo. Yeah. You know, so no, this, the city's definitely for me. I'll, I'll be on my swing set that my parents have in their 24 acres. And five minutes after I'm on the swing, I'm like, okay, now what? Okay. So when did the, when did the great American novel come out? Uh, soon after Hemda and I were together, she helped push me. She's mm-hmm. like, you know, well, you're done. So well, let's make it a book. The thing is, is, you know, he was posting it online and it was just available for free because he was always working on it. But okay. for 10 years, he's working on it. When we split, I was like, guess what? Wrap it up. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to sell your book and we're going to split, you know, because we, we went from, uh, having a two bedroom with the studio and one bedroom to breaking up and needing three different spaces, mm. one for each of us and one for the studio. And so in order to make that big leap, I was like, uh, I will make this a book, an ebook. Okay. I, so I, you started the podcast before the book was finished. Yeah. I mean, before he was, was always finishing okay. the book. How did, you, how did you decide you were going to get into podcasting? He made me. It's really terrible. Well, we but, have, we've, but you had no equipment. We didn't have the equipment. We've heard a, a, maybe a handful of podcasts. And what, what was bothering me about it was there were only a handful of podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they they either did everything they heard on radio, mm-hmm. uh, taking unnecessary breaks every fifteen minutes because they <laughs> thought that's what you had to do, yeah. and and putting weird voices on like "Welcome back," I'm like right. "Welcome back from where?" You don't have to it's, do this. It's that's a the podcast. Whole point. <laughs> or it was so freeform that literally you waited listening to a show as they answered the FedEx guy at the door. Oh. Like you heard the whole thing, but yeah. but it wasn't interesting. It wasn't right. like, Oh, the FedEx guy always hits on me. Let me leave this <laughs> right. thing rolling. And I just knew I'm like this. I know this technology is amazing. Uh, my brother's a computer genius. He happened to tell me about it. RSS feeds being like, you know, you, Wait, because you, you started before Apple got into the podcasting. Yes. Game. Yeah. So, I want to make sure people realize the lengths that you guys had to go through just to start. Yeah. It was a different time. Yeah. It was the scroll wheel and, and still there was podcasting wasn't in iTunes category yet. Yeah. And, uh, but my brother, so you needed to know how RSS feeds work. Yeah. My brother and Hedden's brother knew about the technology was, separately, told us separately. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, well, look at this. All right. Let's look into it. So what this. did you have to buy to start? Uh-huh. Everything. So we went to Radio Shack and, you know, places that are going out of business mm-hmm. now, uh, Guitar Center. And we, we understood, like, I, I was doing music before this. So I understood, uh, we need a, what's that called? A mixer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really understood. You're pointing things. at a printer. <laughs> yeah. so, so we, we look, I let Keith take over. And well, that's why it's called Keith and the Girl. <laughs> well, they wouldn't know. And they certainly wouldn't know the name, uh, podcasting that, that didn't catch on at the time. Right. And I remember saying, all right, I'm trying to, because you couldn't really record good audio on your computer. I said, I'm trying to record my voice on the computer. So I wanted to. MP3s. Right. So I needed to. So so I'm at a music shop and they go, do you, are you. Napster, I guess, right? Are you trying to record on music? Mm -hmm. And I go, no, just my voice. They go, oh, we can't do that. And I said, okay, then music. And I go, nah, too late. You said your voice, get out. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're a weirdo. (laughs) No one just records their voice. Yeah. yeah, I remember people going, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, fuck this question. Right. I podcast. What's that? It's like radio, but on the internet. And then they start picturing me in my mom's basement yelling like, I told you when I'm on air, don't bother me. And so it, it just got old. I, I started saying, I'm a talk show host. Mm-hmm. And then they say, where? And, and then 
it, it sounds like I'm making it Wait, up. Are you related to Fran Drescher? Or was that just an uncanny <laughs> Oh my God, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> uncanny I mean, I, I was close enough to Long I, Island. Okay, so you had to buy microphones? So we had our microphones, our mixer. I, I didn't know what a compressor, compressor was, all Pop that filters. stuff. But luckily, Lipson, the distribution center was already around so they did there was a place to host it so yeah. they were able to host it. okay were the costs prohibitive at that point they weren't i only know what they are now which They're, is like i pay 20 dollars a month for libsyn no they were minimal they've okay. they've always been minimal you can always you were always able to start a podcast okay so the entry costs were just it wasn't bad i forget what it was but it wasn't bad at okay. all they were they were always on the side of good and how did you decide on a format i don't know that we did uh, we we said we're gonna we're gonna do this for a half hour, and then it wasn't a mm-hmm. month until we started doing it an hour every day. Because there was a USA Today piece that came out a month before your podcast that listed like ten podcasts, oh, right. and like the top one was the Don and Drew show. Yeah, which I that's what, didn't that, even remember was a thing. That's but when that, I looked it up, I was like, oh, that sounds like an early kind of lamer version of Keith and the Girl. Thank you. <laughs> the, yeah, that's one that got me excited going, no, this can't be what this is. Right. Yeah. So you're like, oh, we can do that. We, kind, kind of like kind of like when you're a comedian. Not only can we, we have to. But kind of kind of like when a comedian goes to an open mic for the first time and goes, oh, yeah. if this is what stand-up is, I can do that. Yeah, it was negative things that got me excited about it. Okay. Yeah. I, I Again, I knew this could be amazing, and I knew it can't go the way it's going. For those first three months that you were doing the podcast before Apple got on board. Yep. Was it hard to get people to to subscribe, to find it, to listen we to it? We weren't even talking about that. We weren't telling people to subscribe. We weren't telling people to follow us, email us, anything. We were just kind of like hoping people were listening. It was all word of mouth, which mm-hmm. I still think that's how it works. I still think that's how a lot of things work. Um, just if somebody's enjoying something, they want to tell other people because they want to talk about it. They want to share it. They want to experience it together. So we got really lucky. How long did it take before advertisers were interested? Advertisers didn't understand for a long time. So when we were selling ads, we were selling everything that we did was, was in a weird way. Now it's different. So, um, we would just make things up. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, these are, what we noticed is when we say something on the show, like, oh, we had dinner here or we ordered this online, the, that site would get flooded and we'd even hear back from, from the site saying, like, I think you just sent us a whole bunch of people. So I knew that we had a response from our listeners. So we started selling advertisers to our listeners. I didn't know how to do that. We're not business people. We're not, we're not, we didn't graduate from college. We mm. didn't study this. So I said, Hey, if you, we said it on the show. If you want to hear a shout out, if you want to, you know, if you have a a startup that you're doing or if you work as an advertising agent for your job, you know what happens when you hear us say a dot com, you go there. So if you think that we can influence whatever you want to sell, let us know. And we just kind of started doing it, putting it together. And then fast forwarding a little bit, you know, Patreon's a fairly new thing. Yeah. We didn't have anything like that then. No, there wasn't. No, we made it up. So... Again, there was another wave of, you know, something's going on where we got to hit some next level of financial situations. You know, again, we had like three rents. We, you know, things were growing. We needed more of a staff. So um, I thought, let's let's lock up some of the episodes. We have thousands. <laughs> so uh, we had to create a system. My brother Michael created that system for us because Patreon didn't exist. None of these like Kickstarter didn't exist. Mm. So... 
we made up everything before it happened. So you can hear some old shows, and you can hear, you can hear all the old shows, and then we did, would do some bonus shows. Yeah, because uh, a lot we were. I was scared to close up the the back episodes because a lot of our listeners started from the beginning, no matter how many episodes we had. So that wasn't right. a selling point. So and you we, were doing them five times a week. Yeah. Yep. So we added exclusive content, you know, on top of that. What was the first um, audience metric that got you? It really excited <laughs> when people started getting tattoos of our logo. Mm, maybe yeah. that was more exciting than seeing like a raw number of a thousand people listen to this we or ten thousand people listen to this. <laughs> we weren't looking. Really? No, no, we didn't. We didn't mean anything. We weren't sending those stats to anybody. It didn't. We didn't know. One time, my brother Michael was like, "Hey, you guys don't check this. Do you know that you have a million downloads a month?" Mm-hmm. And we're like, "Oh, that's cool, but we what does that even mean?" Right. You know what I mean? We were to just me, like, "That's cool." It was like looking at uh, calories on a menu. You're yeah, like, I don't well, know. I don't know what this. Which one's <laughs> you the didn't price see how that translated calorie? into potential income? No, we saw our community translating things for us. We okay. saw like the community was dictating where we were going because again, we didn't know what we were doing. So they would ask for t-shirts. So we'd provide t-shirts and then they, we noticed that they were getting together on their own. So we started doing live shows and live events and it's everything that we thought this would be fun and also possibly like help us get money. But we're more artists than business people. We just look like business people because we were forced to make all these decisions. Do you remember the first uh, merch or, or event that you were asked to do? Yeah. We weren't asked. Nobody was asked. Nobody knew who we were. Um, but I remember our first live show was episode 300. And, you know, there was, there was no Facebook. There was no, we couldn't even tell how many people were coming. Um, but it was so where did exciting. You, where did you do it? Some place, like I used to, again, like around the, Dumbo. The internet the wasn't big. So I used to, physically walk around the city going into venues starting where i knew mm-hmm. going into venues and where you performed where i've performed before mm-hmm. and then spreading out from there like in the west village i'd go into a bar to mm-hmm. see if they have like a downstairs that has a mic and i just walked around the city i looked it up and i found the back of a restaurant that was really nice it gave us the space for free that had a projector that had like um, didn't want too much from our audience. We didn't want to make it like a two drink minimum. We didn't want to do it in a comedy club because we wanted to have this experience not be what, what not that, rushed. Yeah. Not in and out like a very communal. Let's see what this looks like live. Everyone's sweet and, you know, edgy. So episode 300, what happened? Did people turn out? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. People came from uh, other states even. Yeah. Some yeah. guy drove his motor- motorcycle from North Carolina and a bunch of stuff fell off. Yeah. His- <laughs> yeah. Ken's right. Like we didn't know necessarily how many people would attend and it was packed and it's like, okay, we're on to something. Yeah. 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 So how did that change your mindset going forward? Everything was Keep just... Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Everything was just a risk. Like, okay, that's another thing that we can do now. Mm-hmm. We also, at the time, to make money, it was a free show and then we sold the download. And right after that show, we had to... Um, pack the car and drive to Keith's parents' house. I don't know if you remember. And mm. we didn't have smartphones, so we couldn't check to see if people were buying it. By the time we got there, like a thousand people bought the download. And we were like, whoa, that was... How much did you charge? Six million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like five yeah. or ten dollars? Yeah, it probably. could be ten dollars. No, because that's an interesting thing that yeah. like, people wrestle with. It. How yeah. much do I charge for this? Well, now How it's much changed. is too much to charge? 
Well, no, Louis C.K., I remember we used to charge $20 for a DVD, mm-hmm. and then he decided that it was $5. He undercut you. Yeah. It was $5 across the board from there, and it was, you know, everyone's like, oh, look at this pioneer. And I'm like, well, he gets to pioneer that. Right. <laughs> like, he, okay. He's able to do that. Yeah, and that's great. And I think I think that is where it's going, and consumption of, you know, content is different now, and blah, 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 right. blah. And it doesn't fucking matter. Just get your shit together but and we, do the next thing. But we tried to say, right, ours is $10, but we don't force our prick on you. <laughs> So, That's a good point. Yeah. yeah so we're yeah. like, we'll just wait this out. You have to <laughs> society you have to balance it all. Yeah. Out. yeah. <laughs> when was it that your brother helped build the subscription? Maybe like seven, eight, ten. I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a bit. I want to say 2008, but it could have been remember. 2010. I know Never Not Funny started putting things behind a paywall in 2008. Then we were just before that. No, <laughs> no I, mean, I don't know. I think it, and I think it seemed it was, and it seemed pretty radical at the time because yeah. yeah. they were doing it. You could listen to the first half hour. Oh yeah, and then anything yeah. else you had to pay for. Yeah, you're just kind of taking risks. You don't know what's going to piss people off. Th- because there was, like you said, there was no framework for this. Yeah, yeah. Never not funny. Jimmy Pardo. He's like kind of in in similar spaces than us. Like mm-hmm. he started uh, just a few months after us, and something like that. Yeah, yeah. So he's watched the same waves happen. Right. Yeah. So when you started the paywall and the sub, or was it wasn't a paywall? It was just a subscription for same thing back episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you decide what to charge for that? It was what we needed. Mm-hmm. We made sure that it was what we needed, and then we built the content to make it worth it. So we didn't just charge for our back episodes. I also did an interview. So the first show. person who bought it had mm-hmm. to pay one hundred sixty thousand dollars a year, but then two people takes down the eighty thousand, uh, and then it keeps uh, working itself out. How many out. had you started a podcast network at that point? Uh, we never considered ourselves a network. We look like a network now because of all the different shows that are right. coming out of here, but we don't operate like that. We're not trying to be the producers of other people's stuff. We've had we've we've had the opportunity to give people the opportunity mm-hmm. to start their podcast here. So, um, when was the first moment that you decided to expand though in that way? Was it when you just, when you had to move and, um, and create this studio here in Astoria? Oh, to start that premium program? or to, or just, just start expanding as a, as a company. Yeah. It's probably when we got here, right? Yeah. To the newer studio. Yeah. Yeah. Cause just, you said before that you were, you started out in the apartment that you shared and that was in Briarwood. Yeah, <laughs> Queens. And then you broke up, and then you had to find separate spaces. Yeah. And then you found this spot, which yeah. is in, a, in an apartment building in Astoria, Queens. Yeah, so we, we did a marathon show mm-hmm. of like, I don't remember which one, how long this one was, like 72 hours or something, that one? 76. 76 hours. Oh, yeah. We sold Keith's book during that right. marathon mm-hmm. in order to get us like enough to stand on and and uh, move into the three different apartments. Then once we did that, we realized now with the three apartments, we need to next level our, our income. That's when we decided uh, about the uh, premium program. Okay. So somebody was listening to the marathon, and they got, at, as the marathon was wrapping up, we were going to do, for whatever reason, we decided 74 hours. <laughs> and so he got a tattoo of our logo, says 74 hours on it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's a beautiful tattoo. We have to go longer now. <laughs> So we went 76 hours, and he has the just, four crossed out with the six <laughs> tattooed over it. It's so fun. Just to show you had power yeah. over him. It's fun. He loves it. I love it. Yeah, because he was getting it as he was listening to the marathon, and we're like, don't decide how many right. hours we'll go. We'll just go longer. Right. Was that part of the first Kickstarter that you did, or was that before? Because I know you've done six 
Kickstarters, and they're all marathon-related. They are. We started the marathon before the Kickstarter, because mm-hmm. I think Kickstarter wasn't around. Right, and right. so um, we used to, it used to be just for fun, then we realized, oh, this is something that we can, you know, kind of promote or help right. help the business. And so then we started selling stuff during the marathon. It, it became like one of those telethons what are those things yeah yeah. for the show yeah gave it a project yeah and then we decided kickstarter first so that during the marathon we can just joke around and we don't have to have selling points so we separated it you don't have to have a pledge drive yeah yeah we don't have to like you know pause for don't forget if you're enjoying the show you know it's (laughs) tough give us fifty dollars you get a t-shirt and you get to listen to the show right yeah yeah which is there's something to be said about while the show is going on to do that because it's you're already in the pleasure zone as a listener. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you are cracking me up. I should give you money, but I don't right. know. We, it's it's hard enough to stay up for 24 hours. This is when I talk to you about Casper mattresses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I only wear my my undies. <laughs> me undies. dot com slash ktg. I'm wearing them now. Thank you. They're three times softer than cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know math, Sean? When so when like we talked about how you know you realized you could still be working the party circuit, but then now you have this. When was that moment when you realized? Oh, being a podcaster that can be my only thing. I think we. Knew. I don't need a side hustle anymore. Mm-hmm. We. Knew. I don't need th- this to be the side. It hustle. It felt it had to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. It was not a good feeling. When was that moment? <laughs> there that was you- not. It just, everyone expects us to be like. And then we told our bosses to go fuck themselves. Right, right. And we're free. We're artists. Yeah. No. It's. It's a terrifying moment, and I don't think people describe it. In in other ways, it's so. It, it was more like go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're like, I'm gonna take a uh, leave of absence. Right. Yeah. 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 Maybe, I, I don't think I don't, need you anymore. Right. <laughs> don't give away my job for six yeah. months just in case. Maybe it was six months in, but we're like, this has to go next level, mm-hmm. and the only way to do it is we need more time. Yeah, it was taking over our time, so we had to decide. And the Kickstarters, you've done six of them, and they've all been. Successful. Thank you for like, noticing. <laughs> like all over twenty thousand dollars, which I presume helps pay for this. Yeah, yeah. Studio and helps. Our audience is the best. Mm. Shout out to everybody listening. They are. And I'm going to name them enough for the <laughs> Abigail. <laughs> Abigail too. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to Steve Agee, and he had mm-hmm. done that as a Twitter stunt back in 2010, yeah. I think. Where he read every Twitter follower's oh, name. That's funny. And that took us like seven hours. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realize. Oh. <laughs> well, I love the, our audience is crazy, crazy special because oh, this is, sounds so corny, but they get together on their own. They've made sincere friends, longtime friendships, mm-hmm. families, they, babies, yeah, babies. They've they've gotten married, meeting through the the podcast, and you kind of know, like, if you see a Keith and the girl sticker on someone else, I feel like you know they'll be. Cool. Right. Well, every July 4th, we tell people, hey, it's Keith and the Girl Day. Go out there, wear a Keith and the Girl shirt, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And without exaggerations, fathers and sons didn't know the other person was listening, and they'd reconnect in a different way. Wow. People have met on planes and started families. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. What's the most random fan encounter you've had? <laughs> the guy that showed up to our house. With these, <laughs> when we were at the first place, mm-hmm. I, I saw this kid. How old do you think when I say kid? 18. Uh, walk past our kitchen window. Which, which there's a sidewalk there, so it's not so strange, but the way he looked in was odd. And then he kept walking. And then I hear, 
on the front door. And mm-hmm. I go, oh, I don't know why I don't like this. And I open the front door. He's like, hi, I got kicked out of my house. Ha- How many states did he, he live in? He goes, I, I just drove here from North Carolina. I didn't sleep all of last night. I got kicked out of my home for listening to your show. So we slammed the door on him. Yeah, That's well, not our fault. What are you supposed to do? I said, well, you know, of course, I can't let you in. And he goes, yeah, I know, I know. I'm like, okay, so where are you going to go now? I don't know. I'll be in my car and think about it. Okay, uh, let me take your phone number anyway. I don't know why. And so I took his phone number, uh-huh. and then I'm like, this is, this is very interesting, no matter how strange it is. And we said on the show, you know what? We're never going to do this again, mm-hmm. so don't try it. Right. But we had him come in and interviewed him. and How'd that go? Away for, it went good. We, we took his ID, acted mm-hmm. like, you know, we had any kind of police authority. We're mm-hmm. like, we have your ID, not like, who cares? Yeah. So what if we did? But, uh, but it yeah, went it okay. Fun. Yeah, it went okay. We thought of like... Having him sit and now there. he's chief of staff for the president. <laughs> right. of the yeah, United States. Yeah. Oh yeah, he had it all together. Yeah, I think he said he stole his mom's car, and I'm oh, like, man. all right, that's gonna go well. Right. No one's gonna catch you now. So, what is life for like for you guys now? Is it is it just become like a, a comfortable routine of okay, we do the show a few times a week, and you still try to think of the next whatever. I don't think, I don't think that you should get comfortable as an artist. I think that you should live your life and admit to the comfort that comes with doing art as a job, but it's always a hustle. It's always what's the next thing. It's always making sure that you are the most entertaining you could be like, it's, it's not just, well, now I have it. There's no such thing. But I mean, the secret of having a podcast for 14 years. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you the secret. <laughs> like most, like most podcasts. Give a shit. That's the secret to yeah, everything. They don't last right. that long because people get preoccupied or they move on to other projects or they try to sell the podcast as a TV show or. or yeah. They- and that's okay. I mean, I think go for it. Like if, if you had a podcast for three, six months, mm-hmm. then you did that. Otherwise you're going to be thinking for three or six years, I should have had a podcast. Right. Who cares? Start a podcast, fail, big deal. What happened? Nothing. Yeah. You could tell when the podcast is, isn't their main concern <laughs> when you hear it, you know? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. It's fine. I think there's all kinds of ranges of entertainment and, and styles of podcasting. Right. And it seems like you're perfectly happy with this as. Your lifestyle. Like, yeah. you've carved out a niche for yourself. It's so much fun. I mean, it's crazy. The 24-hour comedy, we, we just got off this 24-hour comedy yeah. marathon, which is why I keep bringing it up. But to me, it's like this huge sleepover where friends constantly drop by and, you know, share really interesting stories and we roast each other and just, I would just, it's just savage in here. And it feels so good. She doesn't know what real love is. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> well, you'll have to listen to their podcast for more about that. Uh, you mentioned Patreon. Do you use Patreon as well or, or uh, just the Kickstarter? We, we the Kickstarter do, and the subscription model. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's like Patreon, but mm-hmm. Patreon didn't exist. It's the same thing. Monthly subscription, you get extra bonus shows, except we have, we have an app and once you're, you can listen to the regular show there, but once you're subscribed, you have all of that. Um, in app form and you can hear us live through the app. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah and you funded that through one of the Kickstarters too. Yes. Um, you know, as you look at how the landscape has changed since you started, what do you mean? <laughs> politically, uh, technology, tech wise, mm-hmm. it's just such a different space now for people who are creatives who want to get involved. I mean, I don't know that does it people know how different like 14 years ago when we started, 
it's not just when I said podcasting that I do for a living that people lost their mind. I would say things like I work on the internet and it's like, oh, you're a tech person. Like that's how foreign it was. Yeah. It's weird. Now, now. you have podcasting upfronts the way TV has. You have <laughs> right? really, you have, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, you have the, the sponsors getting together with the uh, people in charge of networks. Yeah, so it's a it's a whole new world. Well, it's it is weird. weird. Spotify and Gimlet just had a huge yeah. multi million dollar deal. Right. Is that something that would ever that you've ever thought about? Like, you know, I mentioned people doing podcasts and trying to turn it into into a TV show or or trying to use the podcast as a vehicle to something else. Well, we're gonna keep we did. we're gonna keep doing it, keep living, and you well, know. we we accidentally do like we don't sell our show to things, but because mm-hmm. of the success of it, people have reached out. You know, we've been in meetings, but we don't really focus on that. But we did get a, a book deal. We wrote a book together because of it. Um, I don't know. We get these other opportunities. So, I, where was I going with this? I'm trying to think of like anything other than a book deal, but mm-hmm. it's. It's interesting that people get in touch with us for opportunities. We don't really... But it's not something that you worry about yourself in terms of, where is this going? Right. No, this is is where it's going. This. This. Yeah. This is where it's going. Yeah. And if if there's another offer or something changes, okay. But right now, this this is what we like. Yeah. So when I check in with you in another six years for your 20th (laughs) anniversary... Oh, wow. What do you, <laughs> yeah, what do you, what do you imagine that's going to be like? Uh, we'll be on hoverboards. Any, yeah, any, any actual predictions of 2025? I, I think. What Keith what, and the girl and the show and what, what your life is going to be Well, like. everything comes back around. So I bet we go back to the scroll wheel. You know? <laughs> We're going to be very surprised to see that. I think um, it's been working for us that we don't predict where podcasting is going. Okay. Because I think, you know, society is dictating the popularity of stuff like that. And I think mm-hmm. everything goes in waves, technology and any kind of industry. You know, you kind of get that high or low or whatever. It's just going to go the way life goes. Man. Well, it- Smoke a doobie. <laughs> but I do want to talk right into their brains. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the way, player will be on their The way head. technology is going, that's, yeah. that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to finding out what happens. It's going to be exciting. Well, we'll keep doing it. Right. You stick around, we'll keep doing it. If you want, we can talk in five years instead of six. We're, we're into it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. But it is hot. Like, yeah, what is the next thing? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like we did the first live podcast we did the first that you can call into to the podcast that kind of thing and so yeah. what what could be the next thing i don't know i i made a a record i made a prank cd keith made 15 albums i, I don't know you know you're hooked up for video we're yeah. keeping busy yeah. <laughs> we'll find something to do maybe there'll be a new phone for the walls like who knows <laughs> you know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know this this Month alone, we've seen Joe Rogan and uh, Alex Jones. Yeah, <laughs> melt the internet. So what? What else is left? That's true. Yeah, I guess I'm. I'm going to try to get uh, even more controversial people, like the ghost of Hitler. Like who knows? Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh. Sandy Hook doesn't. What the fuck? I know. What are we I talking know. about here? Shot. Thankfully, we don't talk about stuff like that here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having thanks, us. Buddy. It's good to see you. Congrats on everything. Your podcast is great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. See you in five years. <laughs> Six. <laughs> Whoa, five. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Now we were friends now. <laughs> we are. Always.
This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.